We want to welcome you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we're so grateful that you're here and uh, joining us here this morning. And we also want to thank you, and I want to thank you for being with us throughout our month of prayer and fasting and however God is leading you to pray and fast. And uh, I know God is going to do some wonderful things in response to his people that call upon him in prayer and fasting. And I'm so excited for what God has in store for us this year as he draws us nearer to him as we fast and pray. The Bible teaches us, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. If I put it in Charlie's paraphrase, take one step closer to God and he'll take one step closer to you. And I love that prayer and fasting draws us nearer to the throne in this month. And we're so grateful that you're joining us today. This morning, I want to look at a, a, a topic that's throughout the Bible, but one that I think sometimes we can easily forget. And I know I forget a lot of times. And it starts with, uh, a verse here in First Peter chapter one, uh, verse six. It says this: "In this you rejoice, that even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials." How many of us have gone through trials? We've all gone through trials, right? We've had to suffer various trials. That's what makes us all human: trials, right? It, it shows our humanity. Peter is laying that out there before this church. That even if you've had to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, uh, faith is like a muscle. It has to be worked. It has to be worked so that it can be strengthened. And I like to think of faith uh, like an infomercial. You know the infomercials, right? That uh, they come on the screen, they show you this. You know, there's been the different pots and pans, and there's the, the scrub daddy sponge, and there's all these different products, and they get up there, and then, you know, like, say, for example, it's a vacuum, and somebody just, uh, you know, trips and dumps a bucket of dirt, and it just happens to pick it all up miraculously, like, what? We're going to show you. This product works, and they give you a, a whole display. Let me show you what this sponge will do. This pan is completely, it's stuck to it. Food is stuck to it. It's burnt on there. It's not coming off with a regular sponge. But this sponge, watch, one swipe, it's all gone, right? It's the miracle of an infomercial. Things just work like they're supposed to. And you can all get it for $19.95, right? And if you call right now, we'll give you a bundle deal. You'll get two for the price of $19.95, right? That's the power of an infomercial, right? Somebody had got it down that if we get all of our marketing down and we show you and prove to you how it works and package it all together pretty, that you might be susceptible to making that grand purchase and calling and buying today. And, you know, faith in a, in a similar way, a faith is like a muscle. It has to be worked. It's, it has to go through a process of testing. It has to go through a process where if it's not tested, then it's all just, it's just hearsay. It's just words. But how many of us know it's, it's, it's easy. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to let the rubber meet the road, right? And that's the way faith works is faith is, can sound wonderful when it's all in talk. Faith can sound beautiful coming from a sermon, but it's another thing when you're having to deal with it, when you're dealing through a major trial in your life and you're having to wonder, oh God, where is my faith now. 
And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is the making of faith, the making of faith. You know, when you get ready to make a, a, a cake, when you get ready to decide that you're going to go, I want to bake a cake, you get all of the ingredients necessary to put it together and it goes through the process. You follow the recipe and then eventually you'll end up with a product that is delicious and uh, great to enjoy. And faith has so many different elements that make faith what faith is, trusting in Jesus. And the Bible shows us that, and Peter also talks about a faith as well, and that's what he says here in 1 Peter chapter 1 and 6 and 7. He says that you've had to suffer various trials. You had to go through trials, right? All of us go through trials. And God is so wonderful. Listen, God is so wonderful that God doesn't let us go through trials to just let us go through and waste time. No, God has found out since you and I, we have fallen away from the Lord and there's sin on the earth, that God has redeemed trials. God has redeemed uh, what was meant for evil to be for good. And God has taken what was meant to be a thorn from the enemy to actually make it a strength inside of every believer. And that's how a trial works. And he says, so that the genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, though perishable, is tested by fire. And after it's gone through that test, after it's gone through the difficult process, all of the trial and circumstance of life, that it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's what faith is supposed to do, to praise God to glorify him, to point people to Jesus, to cause them to look at him in a wonderful way and behold his glory. And it needs to be tested. This is not an easy sermon to tell you that your faith has to be tested. Because I realize that what that means for every person is different. And what that means for me too, to say to me that realize and realize, agree with Peter here that my faith has to be tested by fire. Meaning that my faith has to go through a process that is required of trials. Uh, we have someone who's trying to make their way to the front here. Ma'am, we'll talk to you later. Huh. It has to go through a process where it's tested. Where it's brought through a process of being refined by fire. And Peter not only calls uh, faith just something that's good. He says it's more precious than gold. And like gold has to go through a fire where it's melted down to become all that it needs to become. Our faith also has to go through a process where it's refined, where it's like a muscle, where it's strengthened. Right on January 1st, the gyms were packed. But on maybe April 1st, will they still be? I don't know. Right? It's a faith. It's like a muscle. It has to be worked. And it's the same way as our bodies have to be conditioned to grow stronger. Faith is the same way. There is conditioning that happens so that our faith would go stronger and stronger. And what we're going to look here today is the process that the people of Israel went through. Is that they went through a process where their faith was made stronger. And the amazing thing about how the Lord works is that it didn't take a major trial for God to help test their faith. It started in little acts, little ways to help them shape their faith. And that was their journey through the wilderness, journey through the wilderness. How many of us have ever been through a wilderness before? 
When my wife and I made the journey to move to California and on the journey on the way back, we drove through the Mojave Desert. And I learned the first time on the way to California that you have to be careful and make sure you have plenty of gas because if you run out, you're really going to be stuck. There is nowhere to be found. And on the way that we were driving there, my phone is there in the, the stand as our GPS, and it starts to go off and says, your phone is too hot because it's like 120 degrees through the desert, and my phone doesn't even work anymore. So it's like, well, I hope we know where we're going. And all of that, it's, there's barrenness. There's nothing there. It's, you can look and see. There's nothing. You can see the, the glimmer of the heat coming off the, the pavement. And it's wilderness life is tough. And wilderness life, though, is necessary. Wilderness life is tough, but wilderness life is necessary. Even Jesus had to go into a wilderness. And there was some great lessons learned on behalf, not just for Jesus, but for you and I. And the people of Israel left what they thought was, in uh, uh, many times they thought they wanted to go back to Egypt, but they left Egypt and went for a wilderness. And they complained to the Lord and complained to Moses, why did you take us away from Egypt and bring us into a wilderness? Because if you're going to get strong for the promise that God has for you and I, or that he had for the people of Israel, a wilderness is necessary. And the Bible is actually unique in that it shows us that they had stops along the way. Different wildernesses. They didn't just go through one big wilderness. They went through different wilderness. And the Bible names them along the way. And this was the process of making their faith genuine. Not just something they said with their mouth, but something they actually got down in their heart, like what God wants to do with you and I. My friend Paul Johansson, he says this about a wilderness as we're talking about it. He says, there is a difference between a wilderness and famine. Uh, the wilderness is a place God takes you to make you stronger, and the way out is trust. But a famine is done because of disobedience, and the way out is repentance. And there's a difference here, as we're going to see, because the ch children of Israel faced both. They had both in their lives throughout their time of wandering and walking. God brought them through the Red Sea and brought them intentionally through some wildernesses that they were supposed to go through. But there were some others that God had not intended them to go through because of their wandering, because of their disobedience. But let's look at the ones in the beginning of their journey here as we talk about the making of our faith. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 15 that the Bible says they had just crossed the Red Sea. God parted it. It was a wonderful sight. Oh, my goodness. The, the, you can only imagine the miracle that happened before their eyes. All of these people crossing the Red Sea, God holding back water, and God delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. And then their first stop out of Egypt was in a place called the Wilderness of Shur where really there was nothing to be sure about. And in Exodus 15, verse 22, the Bible says that when they got to the wilderness of Shur, they found no water. And boy, when you are marching in the hot desert sun and the wilderness sun, you definitely want water, and they found no water. But they did come across a place called Marah. But the Bible says that when they got to the water of Marah, that it was bitter, and they could not drink it. So, the Bible says that the Lord, Moses, they complained to Moses. Moses had to deal with a lot of complaining. And the Bible says in verse 25 that he cried out to the Lord as he did frequently. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made them, 
for them a statute and an ordinance. And watch what he says here. And there he put them to the test. There he put them to the test. He said, if you'll listen fully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give heed to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I won't bring any of the diseases that are brought upon the Egypts and I am the Lord who heals you. And then they came to a place called Elam and there there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees and they camped near the water. The first wilderness that they went to was the wilderness of Shur. The Bible says that this was a place where God put them to the test. And what was the test? What was the test that they had to learn at their first stop along the making of their faith? The first test that they had to learn, as the Lord tells them, is that if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, the first test of faith that often we have to deal with is that is the one of listening, listening. The Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of the Lord. And faith is made by listening, by listening to the word of the Lord, by making sure that what God says, it's not just going to go in one ear and out the other. It's going to come in and apply to our heart. It's actually going to do, we're going to actually heed what he's telling us. There is a sense of listening. There is a sense of discerning. God, where do I go? What is the directive? What is your will? And a posture of listening prepares us for faith in action. If we can never get down a posture of listening, we'll never be ready to put our faith to work. Because if faith is going to work, it has to be working in obedience and listening to the word of the Lord. God has plans for everybody's life. God has directives for all of our lives. God has wonderful purposes here for everybody's life. But it first requires us, if our faith is really going to be put to the test and be working, is it requires us to lean in and say, Lord, what is it? Where are you leading me? What are you saying to me? God, give me an ear to hear what the Spirit would say. The genuineness of their faith had to come by first by listening. This happens a lot throughout the people of Israel's life. But then when Moses listened, and you'll notice here that all the tests that they go through really sometimes were is just as much for the people were for people of Israel as it was for Moses. And so the Lord gave a directive to Moses. Take this piece of wood and throw it into the water and it became sweet. And so they could drink the water. The wonderful thing about that story is, and I love that, that God did a miracle right before their eyes. He made bitter water sweet. But the wonderful miracle that happened in all of that was that because Moses listened and because they got the test right and listened and obeyed the Lord, they came from a place where it was just a little tiny spot of bitter water to a place where there were 12 springs of water. And not just 12 springs of water, there were 70 palm trees. It was paradise in the middle of wilderness at Elam. It's amazing what happens when God's people listen. There's a lot that God could do on the earth if God's people would just listen. Lord, what are you saying? Help us to have an ear to hear. And then when God's people listened, Oh, how God had something wonderful in mind for them. Don't you agree that oftentimes the troubles that you and I face in our life sometimes are self-inflicted? 
It's because of our hard-headedness. It's because of our stubbornness. It's because we don't listen and say, no. Just the other day, there was something I was going about and doing something small and minor. And I knew that the Lord was telling me to do something. And I just thought, well, maybe that's just me thinking. And I knew all along. And then I had to go back and it just required more effort all along. And it was just like the Lord was showing me, if you had just listened to me the first time in just this little area, this would have been a lot easier for you. And I said, yes, Lord, absolutely. I'm right. I'm hard-headed. I had to learn a lesson there right? We all have to go through these wildernesses of sure, the wilderness of learning to listen. But when we learn to listen and when we get a posture that is set in a place of listening, it prepares us that when our faith needs to be in action, it can act right away. When our heart is, when our ear is connected to the lips of the father, it is much easier to trust in the plans that Jesus has for us than to be distant from him and say, oh no, where do I go and what do I do? It's so easy for us to trust in him later on when we've learned early on to listen. And that's what the people of Israel had to do. The second place they had to go was that the Bible says that he led them into a place called the wilderness of sin. And this was not actually any correlation with sin. It's just the name of the wilderness. It was just a noun that was given to name that place. And the Bible says that the Lord led them there to this place of wilderness of sin. And in Exodus 16 and 4, the Bible says the Lord gave them a word that they were going to have manna come down from heaven. And they were supposed to go out every day, grab the bread, and they couldn't save it. They had to come back and get it fresh every day. And then that they were to take a Sabbath as well. And all of these, the Lord gave them these directions and these instructions. And in verse 4, the Bible says that then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven. Isn't it amazing? God had already promised he was going to take care of them. For you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And in that way, I will test them. What's the test? Whether they will follow my instruction or not. How is faith made genuine? It's made through obedience. You can say, I have great faith. I trust in the Lord Jesus. But then when God says, go do this, what's our response? Yes, Lord, I will I'll do it. No, no hesitation. I'm in it. It's, it's that sense of obedience no matter what. The Bible teaches us obedience is better than sacrifice. But oftentimes there are Christians, American Christians, that live in the mindset that sacrifice is better than obedience. That if I'll just give what I want to the Lord and sacrifice what I desire to the Lord, instead of obeying what he's directed me to, somehow that will satisfy what God is asking of me. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. More than what I have to offer the Lord, the Lord is just asking for my simple, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For the person who acknowledges obedience to the Lord is the person who acknowledges Jesus is my Lord, and I will do what he says. I will say what he says, and I will go where he directs me to go. The thing about the wilderness of sin, where they had to learn obedience here, was that God was not asking them to jump off a cliff. God was not asking them to do something crazy, radical, something just that, just that would blow your mind. God simply asked them to follow his instructions. Every day, go out and get the bread. You can't save it. It's not going to last. It's going to rot. And then you're supposed to take a Sabbath. The Bible says, we read the story later on, they didn't do all that they were told to do. They messed up along the way. But the thing that we see here in this wilderness of sin and the making of our faith, the genuineness of our faith, is that little acts of obedience prepare us for giant leaps 
of obedience. It's when we learn to trust God and obey God in the little things. The little things that mean when God gives us a command in the word of God and we learn to put it into practice when no one else can see. When no one else is watching. Those little tiny acts of obedience. And to you and I, we think, oh, that's really nothing. It's okay if I miss out on that one little act of obedience. Nobody's going to know. The Lord knows. And those little acts of obedience, don't ever underestimate what God is doing in the little acts of obedience. Because there is where our faith is being made genuine. If we cannot learn to obey God in the little things, how in the world will we ever graduate to the greater purpose that God has for us? If we can't learn to follow God's direction and seek his face, pray, read our Bible, love one another, love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. How will we ever respond to the Lord if he says to you and I, brothers, sisters, so and so I'm calling you to go. Go to this nation. Go to this neighbor. Tell them about the gospel. If we can't get the little things down, we'll never be able to graduate into the greater purpose. And God knows how you and I are made. And God knows that we are made with hearts that sometimes have a hard time saying yes. So therefore, he gives us those little acts of obedience. So to make it much easier when the harder acts of obedience come later on, we have to learn obedience. Faith is made genuine through obedience. The second place, a third place we see them along their stop that they go is the Bible says that they're led to the wilderness of Rephidim. And once again, it comes down to, these are survival issues. It's, Lord, we can't drink the water here. It's bitter. Lord, we, we don't have any food to eat. What are we going to do? And now they're back at the issue of water again. Lord, we're at another wilderness. There's no water to drink. And you'll notice how God, this, these like survival issues are almost imperative so that they will really understand the importance of what God is wanting to do, for, to do in their lives. They are learning these little acts of obedience, these little acts of listening to the Lord are important for what God is trying to lead them to. And so the Bible says in Exodus chapter 17, verse 2, that the people quarreled with Moses and isn't that one thing for Moses? They are complaining. They are grumbling. And poor Moses, now they're trying to fight the guy. And they said, give us water to drink. Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel me? Why do you test the Lord? This is an important step here. The first two, the Bible shows us that it was the Lord testing the people. And now we see here that it's the people testing the Lord. It's the people testing the Lord. And when the faith is made genuine, and this might sound so simple, but really is almost the hardest one of them, of them all. Faith is made genuine through trust. You learn it in listening. You learn it in obedience. But you learn it in trust. And this is what the people of Israel had to learn. You've got nowhere to go. You can't call up a friend and say, hey, bring us some water. We're stuck out here. You have nowhere to go. You can't go back to where you came. That's too far of a journey. You're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. You're absolutely stuck without water. You have nowhere to turn. And the lesson that they had to learn and refeed them was, are we going to call on the name of the Lord? Or are we going to quarrel with Moses about it? The, the lesson was, who is genuinely our source of trust? And this is one of those that is easier said than done. Is yes, I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. We sing songs about it. I trust in the Lord. But then when you get that thing before you, you have nowhere to go. 
you have no other option but to trust God. And you have to determine, am I going to wallow in worry or am I just going to trust in Jesus? And this is what they had to learn in the wilderness of Rephidim was trust. Talk is easy about trust, but coming through on what we say, that's next level faith. And that's what the people of Israel had to learn here. The Bible says that they began to question the Lord. And they called that place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord. And they said, is the Lord among us or not? And to me, I think this is one of the hardest wildernesses to go through. Because this is the wilderness where you learn to say that even if I do not feel like the Lord is near, and even if it does not look like the Lord is near, no matter what, I am just going to trust him. No matter what. And do you know what God did on their behalf? He told Moses, go strike a rock, and water came out of a rock. Isn't it interesting in the place where they had to learn trust? God made a provision out of a place where provision doesn't come. God made something happen that should have never happened. God did the impossible. And that's the wonderful thing about trusting in Jesus is that when you look at the world and you look at the resources, it doesn't look possible. But the wonderful thing about trusting in Jesus is it can look impossible and still work out. It can look crazy and God still does it because that's who God is. And that is the power of faith in action. That without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that is what they learned at the wilderness Rephidim. I can't see another way out. We're going to come to Moses, complain and whine. We're going to say, is the Lord really here or not? But Moses knew what to do. Cry out to the Lord. Call upon his name. And God answered and came through on their behalf. And this is when God is making our faith. We can listen. We can be obedient. And then as you're on that journey, Lord, I've gone like Moses. I went to Pharaoh. I did what you told me. I walked through the Red Sea. We did that wilderness. We did that wilderness. Now I'm at a wilderness. There really is no other option. There is nothing but a rock here. But you know what, Lord? I'm just going to trust you and take you at that word. And God has no, listen, when God sees that type of faith, God has no choice but to respond and act. God has nothing but to do to say, that person whose heart is fully committed to me, I will strengthen them. I will help them. I will bring them through this. I will provide for them. I will work on their behalf. God has no other option in this type of wilderness but to come through on the person who trusts in the Lord Jesus. We've got to learn to trust. That's how faith is made genuine. And as the musicians come, the last wilderness that they had to go through was an important wilderness. It was a wilderness that they didn't quite get it all together, but it shows us where faith leads us. The Bible says in Exodus 19 in chapter 4 that they, uh, the Lord started to speak to them as they entered the wilderness of Sinai. The place where the Lord would show his glory in a mighty way. He said to them, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. Watch how the Lord is beginning to teach them a lesson. I've worked on your behalf, he said. I brought you out of the hand of the Egyptians. Not only that, how I bore you on eagles' wings. You went through wildernesses. You couldn't have made it without my help carrying you and bearing you through this. And watch what he says. And brought you to my self. 
He goes on to say that now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. The genuineness of our faith is made by listening, by obedience, and by trusting. And Wilderness of Sinai teaches us that the goal of our faith is Jesus. The goal of our faith is God says, I brought you to myself. I wanted you to learn to listen. I wanted you to learn to obey. And I wanted you to learn to trust me so that you could understand the beauties and the majesty of this wonderful relationship that I have made for you and I. All the plans that God would begin to unfold as he would speak to Moses in a thundering cloud above the mountain and give them ten commandments and give them laws that would guide them and set them up to be a priestly kingdom, a holy people, a righteous people, showing that God had wonderful plans in mind and the plan was to let their faith guide them to him. And that's what our faith does when it's working inside of us, is that faith leads us on a path of nearness to the Lord. Faith doesn't always get me what I want. Faith doesn't always work out the way I thought it would, but faith will most certainly lead me into the presence of Jesus. And listen, there is no more secure, there is no more safer, there is no more wonderful place than to be in the presence of Jesus. You can go through the worst trial in the world, but when you're in the presence of Jesus, you can say, it is well with my soul because I've learned that my faith is not planted in the wilderness, it's not planted in some rock, it's planted in Jesus. And I know he's going to carry me through. You and I have to learn as we're going through the making of our faith as God is doing things in our lives, even as you maybe this morning are going through trials. Are we listening? Are we being obedient? Are we trusting? Because God has wonderful things in mind and it requires a getting you and I right before the feet of God sitting in his presence, taking in all that he has for us. Oh, his plans are wonderful for us. His plans are awesome and mighty. Oh, his plans were wonderful for the people of Israel. And they had the choice. Are you going to walk in the purpose of God? Or are you going to wander in your own purposes that you have for them, for yourself? And unfortunately, they had to learn the latter. We're going to wander in what we want to do. But when you and I learn to walk in the plans that Jesus has for us, we do what Peter says. Your faith. Oh, you've had to go through trials. Listen, it's not in vain. The trial you're going through, it's not in vain. It's difficult, I know. I didn't say it wasn't easy. It's difficult. But that the genuineness of your faith, it's more precious than gold. It's, gonna, it's being tested by fire, but that's okay. Because what's going to happen is after the end of that trial, after that thing has gone through, the worst thing you could imagine, it's going to come through and it is going to give God all of the glory. It's going to honor Jesus and he's going, you're going to stand before him, well done. He's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You endured, you made it through, and this is well done and good and faithful before the sight of Jesus. Don't despise the wilderness. Don't despise what God is doing in the trial. It's the making of our faith. And our faith is so important because it leads us to Jesus. How many of us need the Lord more this year? I need the Lord more in my life. Will you stand with me? Every eye closed this morning. Can I just, uh, just say to you this morning, 
There are wildernesses that we go through. There are wildernesses I've gone through. And I say, Lord, I can look back on that moment. I think, Lord, where in the world were you in that? I was struggling. I was going through a hard time. But then as I look back, I think, oh, God, you were there with me all along. Although I was unaware, it was the making of my faith. So now I can go through the next wilderness knowing this is good. This is okay. God is with me. God is going to help me. This morning, can I just encourage you? God is making your faith exactly what he has designed it to be, to bring you to Jesus, to bring glory and honor to him. Can we just listen, obey, and trust him this morning? It's got to be tested. Remember that. It's one thing to say, I have faith, but it's another thing to have faith that's been tested and then say, no, I trust in Jesus. You need encouragement this morning. You need people to just stand with you as you're going through a trial in your life. You're learning some of these hard lessons along the way. Can we just pray with you this morning? Would you come this morning? Just stand here at the front. We want to just surround you with encouragement today. Praying with other people that have gone through trials knowing God is doing something important in your life. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you for the making of our faith, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, Lord, through the difficult times, through the times of trial. Lord, we know it's not easy. It's not, it's not just a walk in the park, Lord, that you've designed it so that we would be made stronger, so that the next wilderness, the next season, the next trial, that we will learn to be stewards of faith in little areas so that you can trust us with faith in greater areas. So, Lord, help us today to walk in faith. Walk by faith, Lord, and not by sight, Lord. May we, as the people of God this year, walk by faith and not by sight, Lord. Give us fresh faith this morning, Lord. It's being made in us. Help us to listen, to obey, to trust, Lord, all that you're doing in us, Lord. Do it this year, Jesus. Make it genuine, Lord. Make it genuine. We welcome the work of the Holy Spirit to test our faith. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. As the choir comes, you need prayer. Please come this morning. We want to pray with you. You're facing something very difficult, challenging, maybe no one knows about. It's all right. Just come this morning. We want to stand with you. We want to agree with you. Wildernesses are not easy at walking through alone. It's great to just call on a brother or sister in the Lord and say, God is teaching me something. Will you pray that God would help strengthen me through this? Just come this morning, whatever it is. Whatever it is, just come this morning. As the choir sings, can we just pray for fresh faith this morning? Lord, strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith today, Lord. Strengthen our faith, Jesus.